he he was quote unquote better in this game than he has been. So maybe Bill got home, watched the film, and, and was just like, this is a five sacks. This is effing ridiculous. Mac didn't have anywhere to go with the ball. He didn't have anywhere to step up. Five sacks and a half is ridiculous. No wonder he played like that in the second half. And like, you know, what we did as far as running the ball, like we need to do that going forward and Max the best guy. I, I, again, I don't think the percentages are very good at that, but I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna rule it out. The Greg Bedard Patriots podcast is brought to you by FanDuel, the exclusive wagering partner of the CLNS Media Network. I'm back, baby. That's right. Greg, CLNS have not fired me just yet. I say yet. But he's Greg. I'm Nick. Episode brought to you by FanDuel, exclusive wagering partner of the CLNS Media Network. Right now, new customers get $150 in bonus bets with any winning $5 Moneyline bet. And also, shout out to our friends at Factor. America's number one ready-to-eat meal kit. All right, Greg, bye week, but we've got lots to talk about. Over the last few days, man, just report after report, whether it's about the quarterback position or Belichick. Let's start with Mac Jones, because yesterday, Mac was out there, the only practice during this bye week, and he was taking his reps with the ones. It seemed like it was business as usual. What do you make of it? Not much, Nick, um, for a couple different reasons. Uh, first and foremost, this first practice after a game is mostly about corrections. Um, it, you know, it's sort of getting out on the field, um, you know, getting loose a little bit. But mostly it's about corrections from the last game. So who needs to make the most corrections out of last game? It's, it's Mac Jones. So that's what a lot of that is about and then also you have to factor in the bill belichick factor which is you know he understands the situation he understands that the media is out there um he didn't have to do any team stuff while the media is out there they're only out there for like 10 minutes um I'm, i've certainly been there when it's just been like all right stretching is over like you guys are out uh, but that they got to see some snaps and they saw all three quarterbacks take snaps with, you know, Mac Jones, then Bailey, then Will Greer. Um, that's by design. Bill Bill wanted it that way. And, um, you know, I think that basically he wanted the media to see it because he didn't want to invite further drama going into the bye week. I mean, you know, what would be the upside of saying like, all right, Bailey Zappi starting, he's the starter, the media gets to see him, all the snaps. That's all that's going to be talked about, you know, through the through, through the end of the week, over the weekend, in the next week. So, you know, why not just not make any moves? And from what I understand, they haven't made any decisions about that yet, um, at least as far as I've been told. And... Uh, so, you know, why not just keep it as it is? And then if you are going to make a change, then, you know, deal with it when you come back from the break. And, you know, so everybody has a chance to process it and, you know, knows how to address the questions and all that stuff. So um, I, I don't make anything of it at all. Um, you know, like I said, a lot of it is corrections. And then the other part of it is Belichick knows the deal and he doesn't. There's no reason to invite this conversation and you know, widespread drama when you don't need it. I just don't understand. Look, the drama is going to happen. At some point, you have to take Mac away from the first team reps, whether it's yesterday or next week. So, you know, postponing it by three or four days, 
I think you get as much drama by having Mac out there with the ones because people are trying to figure out what the hell is going on. I, I've given up. I've, I've given up. I, I'm, I'm done with trying to figure out the Belichick games. To me, a lot of this is just petty. Like it, what's the point of this? You're two and eight. The team sucks. The quarterback's broken. Reports are that the team has just given up on the guy in the locker room. What's the point of having him out there with the ones other than Belichick flexing his petty muscles? Like, if that's the point, like, is that the point at two and eight is to is to get one up on the media or to try to fool the Giants like the Giants care? They suck, too. Like, I just I don't understand it. Is it is he is he trying to sit there and and send a message to somebody? Is he sending a message to Mac? Is he sending a message to the rest of the team because of what came out? Is he trying to send a message to Kraft saying, hey, yeah, I'm going to keep playing this guy and and (laughs) we'll see what happens. You said there's no yeah, decision made yet. Is that does that surprise you, uh, Greg? That there's been no decision made yet inside that building about who QB one is. Um, no. And it, look, I understand your point. I just think that, like, even if I was running the team, even if I was in charge, like, I would, because it's not like they're game planning, and then they're not like doing real reps right now. So there's really like, you know, no point other than to you know. Uh, ruin a few people's bye weeks, but you know, like you know, I I don't think we've gotten the schedule yet. Normally, they come back and practice on Sunday. It could be Monday uh, after the bye week. So, you know, once you start prep on the Giants, which which won't come until that that first day that they're back in the building, uh, as far as the players go. Like to me, there's there's really no point into in. in in making the change. Um, well, let me ask you this. You know, let me ask you this. Yeah. Would there, would there be a point in making the statement to the rest of the team? Like if, if Mac has lost quote unquote, 80% of the locker room, if, if that is true, yeah. do you get anything as the coach making the statement of like, yes, I'm, I'm with you guys. We saw what happened Sunday. And yeah, these reps might not be as important as next week's reps, but reps do matter when you're trying to figure out a quarterback position. So I'm going to make that statement right now to the guys that Mac, as of right now, is unequivocally not the dude. Um, no, I, I just don't see. The, I, I think you get the same benefit if you delay it a few days. And I think it's really about like, like, you know, and this includes Mac Jones, like, you know, let's not invite drama. Let's say they let's say they are moving on from Mac Jones and they're going to start somebody else um, against the Giants, I mean, you know, you know, they've been at this a while, you know, since, you know, July, this is their bye week. It's a late bye week. Like, you know, I think it's more of let's everybody get away, clear your heads. Like, don't worry about the drama. Like, you know, we're, we're not going to address that. We're not going to address any changes till we come back just so everybody can just go and decompress and come back. And that includes c- coaches. I'm sure Bill Belichick doesn't want to deal with, you know, Bears like texting him being like, this report is out here and this report is out there. And so Bill's just like, let's just we're just going to keep it quiet, for, you know, so everybody can have four days where you're they're not dealing with a bunch of BS. And then we'll deal with that when we come back. And so to me, that's what I think a, a lot of it is. And, and any upside that Bill would get, you know, with the rest of the team as far as moving on from Mac, that could still be there after the bye week. Is it an absolute that Mac doesn't start against the Giants? Uh, I, 
I don't think so. I mean, look, if I was in charge, I would do it just because, you know, we've been over it before. I mean, Max just, you know, broken at this point. And a lot of it is just the the unending assault that he's been under from the offensive line and the pressure this year. It's just been it's been absurd. And, you know, he basically has PTSD at this point. And, you know, it hasn't been fair to him in some ways, not every way. And I think he's just he he's at the point now where. He's just too sped up. It's too far gone. It's, you know, it's it's over for him for this season. Now, however, you know, I'm going to allow, you know, a few different factors. Number one is the ownership factor. You know, what if Robert and Jonathan say, like, Max, our starting quarterback, you're starting him for the rest of the season. Could happen. Do would I they think do that's that, happen? Would they do that? Would, would Robert Kraft and Jonathan Kraft do that? I don't think so. I don't think so. I, I think they, I think they feel as much for Mac in the situation that he's been put in um, than anybody, and they probably looked at look at him, you know, in Germany and what happened in that game, and they're just like, it's just it's too far gone at this point. So, you know, it's probably best for Mac to sit at least for a period of time, if not for the end of the year. You know, I also don't rule out the fact that. It's minute, but that Bill thinks, or and Billy O'Brien think that Mac just needed a bye week just to get away from things for three or four days to sort of get that reset. We haven't been able to do that yet. It's been on the fly all season. But and maybe Max saying, like, I just need a few days off, then I'll be fine and I'll be better. And I allow for that. I put the percentages, you know, very low. And then, you know, there could be the other factor where you know, Bill just looks at it and says, Max, the best quarterback that we have. And, and maybe, you know, and this is sort of, you know, what Mike Reese has said this week, which, you know, Mike and I saw this game very much alike in terms of the pressure and what went on with the offensive line, you know, that Bill, once he got home and he watched the film and, and the truth of the matter is even with his interception and those three, you know, the three blunders, uh, the third down, the throw to Henry, and then the inter- interception. Mac is actually graded out better for me every single week since the Dallas game, including this game. Like he was, he he was quote unquote better in this game than he has been. So maybe Bill got home, watched the film, and, and was just like, "This is a five sacks. This is effing ridiculous." Mac didn't have anywhere to go with the ball. He didn't have anywhere to step up. Five sacks and a half is ridiculous. No wonder he played like that in the second half. And, like, you know, what we did as far as running the ball, like we need to do that going forward and max the best guy. I, I, Again, I don't think the percentages are very good at that, but I'm not going to rule it out. On the Nick Cattle Show podcast that I do, aside from the podcast here with Greg, on Tuesday, I'll tell you where my head was at, Greg, because I'm sure you don't have the time Uh-oh. to listen to my podcast or you just don't like <laughs> listening to me. So I, I, I love listening to you. I wish I had oh, more time, yeah. though. <laughs> mm-hmm. All right. So let's uh, let, let's talk about Tuesdays, though. On Tuesday, I wouldn't write off Mac playing at some point this season again. And it, it wasn't necessarily a defensive Mac. This quarterback room is just so bad that I don't know how you can write that off. Will Greer, when he's been given a chance, has been bad uh, in his NFL career. He's like in his late 20s. He obviously hasn't done enough at practice to, to even leapfrog Bailey Zappi. Zappy, you cut before the season. When Zappy's been given a chance, he's been terrible. So, like, I just, I wouldn't write it off because of the quarterback room. Um, you know, uh, 
I do think Mac that game to me on Sundays on Mac, because if he makes one of those three plays, they win uh, the defense mm-hmm. stepped up. The offensive line in of the second half was better. First half, it was an atrocity. Obviously the run game was good. You, you had the components of winning that game in Germany. He just had to make one play and he failed to make one mm-hmm. play. So, you know, I, I don't know how you look at it. Big picture. Like I look at it as Mac. If we want to, everybody's trying to boil down two and eight to Mac. If you want to sit there and try to figure out games quarterback wise, I think he's like one in three, if that makes sense. Dallas is on him. New Orleans is on him. And I'll give him the Colts game again because of those three plays. I think he won that Buffalo game for you because of his fourth quarter. So yeah. Max one and three, the team to me is like one in five. So I didn't think it was like, okay, well, you rule Mac out. But then yesterday, Greg, on my podcast, that report comes out 80% of the team. And Giardi has written about this at Boston Sports Journal, right? Giardi was on this after the Saints game. Yep. If the locker room has mostly, not everybody, mostly quit quit on Mac. To me, it's like, man, when the quarterback loses the room, the quarterback loses his job. And I find it difficult to throw him out there if the team is looking at him saying, forget it. He stinks. He can't lead. We're done with this guy. Yeah, I, I agree with you. I, I, you know, my my feeling is from, you know, being around the team and around the locker room, um, and I felt this way for a while, I thought um, the team was increasingly out on Mac. And, and I do think that they, you know, feel for him. And, you know, you can tell when a, play, when a player, especially at the quarterback position, um, is just – just can't find it. Just you know, too too, too much stuff has, has has gone on, and I and I think there's some of that. But you know, a lot of the you know, football is a bottom line business. Like either you produce or you don't. And you know, Mac, especially recently, and you know, you bring up. I mean, look, the Commanders game. Juju catches that ball. They have a game. You know, they have a field goal to. Would that have tied the game, or would that have won the game? It would have tied the remember. game. Right? It was 2017, it I believe. Right? I don't know. I got to look at it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, but anyways, um, it's not like he's been, um, you know, totally a basket case until like I thought the second half of this game. But yeah, I agree with you. If 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 Bill Bill needs to take the temperature of the captains um, at at the very least, and it doesn't sound like he's doing that a whole lot considering Dietrich Wise's re, um, reaction to Jack Jones's release. I thought he was going to cry about it, and he was said he was hurt by the decision and he's one of the captains and sounded like he didn't know anything about it or how it transpired, which is not great when you're looking at the communication department. So, you know, it it would behoove bill if he cared anymore to take the pulse of the captains, especially the guys on the offensive side of the ball, the David Andrews, Hunter Henry, um, aside from Mac, we know that Mac's a captain also, but be like, what do you guys think we should do? Where's, where's the locker room? And then go from there. Score early. This NFL season with FanDuel. You know it's America's number one sports book. Right now, new customers get $150 in bonus bets with any winning $5 money line bet. Look, if you're not good at math, you, you even you know that's a good deal. I mean, I'm not good at math, and I, I know that's a good deal. That's $150 if your team wins. If you've been thinking about joining FanDuel, there's no better time to get in on the action. The app is easy to use, so easy to use. There's a wide range of betting options, including spreads, player props, over-unders, and more. Visit FanDuel.com slash Boston and kick off your NFL season. FanDuel, 
official partner of the NFL. All right, here we go, folks. Now pay attention to this. 21 plus and present in Massachusetts. Hope is here. First online real money wager only. $5 pregame money line wager required. First online real money wager only. $10 first deposit required. Bonus issued as non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire seven days after receipt. See terms at sportsbook.fanduel.com. Gambling helpline ma.org or call 800-327-5050 for 24-7 support. Play it smart from the start. GameSenseMA.com or call 1-800-GAM-1234. Uh, it was a tie versus Washington, by the way. If they kicked that field goal, it was 20-17. to 17. Okay. So my my brain isn't complete mush after watching this team, thankfully, through 10 weeks. Can I just, be, before you move on to who we think could start against the Giants if it's not Mac. I just want to say this about the story that came out and also the people speaking to Giardi. Chicken bleep. Chicken bleep. And, and I'm not blaming Giardi. I'm not blaming Andrew Callahan. Reporters have jobs to do. Greg has a job to do. This team sucks. You're 2-8. and eight. You've been miserable mostly across the board. And whoever feels like they should be chirping, whether it's a player or a coach, and chirping about Mac, and this is not to defend Mac Jones. I'm saying, why don't you look at yourself? Your your team is bad. You want to throw Mac under the bus because you're two and eight because it was the perfect time to take advantage of that after that pick against the Colts in Germany. I think that says more about you than it says about Mac Jones. Like if you look at the rest of this team, who has the right, Greg, to throw somebody else under the bus? Maybe Matt, maybe Matthew Judon, maybe Christian Barmore, right? Maybe Ramondre the last three weeks, four weeks, David Andrews. There's like maybe a handful of dudes on this team. Yep. A, yep. a handful of guys on this team would have the right to actually throw those rocks at Mac Jones out of the glass house. But the rest of this team, you've been terrible. Take care of your own backyard. How about the secondary doesn't give up? chunk plays and, and, and have busted coverages and missed tackles. You know, h- how about the offense? How about you catch the football when Mac does make a throw? Uh, how about we we talk about Bill O'Brien and, and how against the Colts in the second half, all of a sudden you decide to run the football down their throat when that should have been the game plan from play number one. Like there's so many people that have a hand in this debacle that whoever said something about Mac Jones and put it at his feet to a point, you're a joke. You're a joke for doing it. I don't care who it is. Like, it's just, who did that help? Who does that help going to the media saying, yeah, you know what? 80% of this locker room's out on that guy. I just, I, what do you gain from that? Like, look at this yourself. Is like, this is like. Evaluate yourself. Yeah. This is like, you know, back when I used to cover the Dolphins when they were a crap show. This is the stuff that we would get out of the locker room. This is where the Patriots have fallen to. Brutal. If Mac doesn't start against the Giants, who gets to start? Uh, good question. Um, you know, I know we talked about Will Greer a while ago, and in my sense at the time, and you know why I said like what I said, what I did was that you know there was some enthusiasm. There was definitely enthusiasm about seeing what Will Greer could do. I think they're intrigued by, you know, he's got a little bit better arm than these guys, a little bit more athletic ability. Um, I think there's a lot of Bailey Zappi fatigue in, (laughs) in that building. Um, And, you know, at least in the front office in terms of like, I think there's people who just 
think he's not good at all. And look, they released him at one point and then he was on the practice squad. So for about two weeks, anybody could take Bailey Zappi if they wanted to. And nobody did. Um, you know, I, I you know, it, who do I think they'll start? I guess if I had to guess right now and, and I don't know from I don't know where the Will Greer stuff is. I don't know if they got more of a longer look at him in the last month and they were just like, eh, maybe he's not that good. I, I just haven't heard his name quite as much as I did initially. I would guess it would be Bailey Zappi. And I think that Will Greer would back up. And I think that Mac would be inactive, at least for like a week or two, just to let him decompress, uh, which would certainly be interesting. Um, so, yeah, I guess I would say Zappy at this point, but I have no idea. What we're dealing with here is the poo-poo platter, folks. The poo-poo platter. I, who cares? Mm, like Those are good. <laughs> A bad poo-poo platter, a, 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 okay. a terrible poo-poo platter from a place that people might tell you that isn't worth going to. It's So we've talked about Zappi. We've talked about Greer. We've talked about Mac. We, we know the issues. This quarterback room sucks. And, and really what happens, Greg, is you go back to the Zappi handling back in June, July, August. He was bad at minicamp. He was bad in camp. He was bad during the preseason. Belichick dragged his feet, wasn't, you know, active in trying to figure out a backup quarterback solution, wasn't aggressive in trying to find out uh, if somebody else was out there. You waited, you gave him a million chances, he continued to stink, and then you cut him before the season with no plan. You you had Matt Corral for a couple of days, you had Ian Book for a couple of days. Let's re- let's remember Will Greer is really the fourth option to be the backup quarterback because you also had Malik Cunningham at least taking some snaps during the preseason. Like, it is a disaster. And that that is not hyperbole. This quarterback room is is an embarrassment. It really is. So, look, who's going to play? Try Greer. He has stunk in the past. Maybe he'll stink again. Try Zappi. It's just throwing stuff up against the wall at this point. It it says an awful lot about the program and how this was set up after 21 and the the failure to do much of anything. Um, Before we get to Belichick, Greg, Trent Brown, MIA at practice again. What's going on with him? Well, one thing I wanted to add on the on the quarterback situation. I mean, you know, look, you know, and I was thinking of this as as you were speaking, sort of brought up some things like if you're if you're out on Bailey Zappi. And, you know, you cut him, you were fine with him leaving, you brought him back, like, you know, whatever, you know, uh, you know, if you're thinking about next year at all, like, aren't you, if you're Belichick, whoever's running personnel there, like whatever's going on, like if you're already out on Bailey, like, are you bringing him back as the backup last next year? Like all things being equal, probably not. So why not take a look at Will Greer um, to see if he can at least fill that role if it should come to it in the off season. And, and the other part that I wanted to get into is like, who would I like to see start? I mean, Greer for that, but I'm also, I got to admit, you know, cause I, I have poo pooed it, you know, to go <laughs> to your poo poo platter analogy. Uh, I have poo pooed it a little bit, but you know, somebody brought up, you know, like Malik Cunningham the other day. And I got to say at this point, like if, if the Patriots still were trying to, 
uh, win games and, you know, we're battling for something, then like Malik Cunningham's not on the board. Like even, you know, even in the practice that they had the other day, it was the three quarterbacks. Malik Cunningham is still like a, he's a wide receiver. He's not a quarterback, but I got to tell you, the more I think about it at two and eight and we're faced with another seven games down the stretch where like, Oh, and, and the, you know, Bailey Zappi, Will Greer, whatever, like, I'm sort of intrigued by Malik Cunningham. Like, you know, just give a simple package. I'm I'm intrigued by, you know, him being a the R in the RPO. Like, you know, have a real run pass option. Like, considering the state of the offensive line, which obviously isn't getting any better. You know, even if you move Michael Wenu to right tackle, they still suck. Like all <laughs> over the place. Like they they haven't gotten better at all this year. Like they get better for a couple weeks and then they stink and like. Is Adrian Clem even here? Is he coaching the offensive line? Can he coach anyways in the, you know, to start off? Who the hell knows? And, you know, so if the offensive line is still, you know, trash, like at least Malik Cunningham, like go back and just like run around. At least that would be interesting for the final seven games. So I'm now, (laughs) yes, I am now more interested in Malik Cunningham starting at quarterback for this game down the stretch. This is how bad this season is. Trent Brown, any thoughts? Oh, yeah, I don't know. I mean, look, it's 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 Trent. I mean, he, he got left behind for his injury and personal reasons. And, you know, there's been reports about him being late. And then he's and, and then Trent's on Twitter, like chirping at Burt's report about like, you know, I think it was an, mostly an injury situation, but he has been late a lot. And then Trent Brown's like, what does this have to do with my injury? So what are you, are you admitting that you're not playing because of these quote unquote personal reasons? Um, yeah. Who knows? I mean, it's just like this, this, this is what you get. This is, this, this is where this team's fallen to where, you know, you don't make any plans. You don't draft any real tackles. You don't bring in any real tackles in free agency. You got to rely on Trent Brown. You probably have to rely on Trent Brown again next year because you still don't have anybody here. And, you know, are you going to really spend a high draft pick on an offensive tackle? I mean, maybe I might do that um, because I've changed my beliefs as far as, you know, what you need. I, I'm more of the, I'm now after watching everything that's transpired and seeing the struggles of, you know, Joe Burrow and even, you know, Mahomes hasn't been Mahomes this year and, and, you know, other quarterbacks. I'm now on the, you know, Eagles, 49ers, Lions plan, which is beef up the lines and then go from there, figure out the quarterback, you know, hit on some receivers in the draft and, or, or go trade for a guy once you, you think your lines are good. So, um, you know, but you know, here they are again with Trent Brown. This is what they invite. It's a dumpster fire in New England, folks. And quarterback play around the league has been pretty bad. This holiday season, you might be looking for nutritious, convenient meals to keep you energized on jam-packed days. Factor, America's number one ready-to-eat meal delivery service, can help you fuel up fast for breakfast, lunch, and dinner with chef-prepared, dietitian-approved, ready-to-eat meals delivered straight to your door. You'll save time, eat well, and stay on track with your healthy lifestyle while tackling all your holiday to-dos. Skip the stress of meal prepping over the holidays with Factor. Choose from 35-plus weekly flavor-packed, fresh, never-frozen meals that support a healthy lifestyle and meet your meal preferences, all delivered right to your door and ready to eat in two two minutes. I got to tell you, 
I'm being honest with you here. They sent me some of these meals. I gotta tell you, the most impressive thing was the flavor that's packed into these meals. It's really unbelievable. Everything was delicious. Everything felt fresh, tasted fresh. It was, it was awesome. I can't, rec- can't recommend them enough. Head to factormeals.com slash Bedard50 and use code Bedard50 to get 50% off. That's code Bedard50 at factormeals.com slash Bedard50 to get 50% off. All you have to do one time, just go there, get 50% off, try them for yourself. I've tried them. I'm telling you they're really good. Go there, factormeals.com slash Bedard50 and use code Bedard50 to get 50% off. All right, Greg, let's uh, let's jump into uh, the Dan Orlovsky stuff, the Bill Belichick stuff. As I said at the beginning of this podcast, just so many reports. I mean, Gary Myers yesterday coming out saying Belichick's headed to the Chargers. You've got Orlovsky saying on Pat McAfee that uh, Belichick is going to lead another team next year as head coach and GM, and that location has always already been decided on. You've had a lot of people like Diana Rossini and Peter King talk about how it seems like there's going to be a mutual parting of the ways. Let's look at Orlovsky, though. Possible places, Greg. If if Belichick has already made up his mind and he's on his way out, he knows the location has been decided. You wrote down some options here. You got the Raiders, the Panthers, the Bears, the Commanders, the Buccaneers, the Chargers. Uh, if you look at those places, Greg, your top three options for Belichick, realistically, not where Bill would want to go. We'll talk about that in a minute. But realistically, what would make sense to you? Okay, so you know when we talk about like you know realistically, we're t- so if this is indeed being talked about, if not locked up at this point, so you're talking about uh, you know owners who are you know who are done with their head coach, at least eyeing next year, who would be v- very aggressive and who would basically back channel with Belichick and or. The crafts. I mean, you would sort of need to get the crafts on board if you're going to do this. And they would probably invite that. They probably want the quote unquote elegant solution, which is a mutual parting of the ways. Bill Belichick is going to team X for draft pick X and everybody moves on and moves forward. So in, in terms of that, the top three teams that I have, number one is the commanders. Now, I've been talking up the Panthers who are number two on my list. Um, you know, but I do think because, you know, uh, the biggest reason why I'm down on the commanders is because Josh Harris, you look with the other teams he has owned, specifically the Sixers, you know, they're about the process. They're not about big, flashy names, um, you know, going out and acquiring like the big, you know, player, free agent du jour, LeBron James, that type of thing. They're more about you know, drafting, developing, trading players, getting assets, the process. Um, so how would does Bill Belichick really mesh with Josh Harris's organizational philosophy? Not if you look at the the other teams that he owns. But that being said, I do think there's a couple of factors that override. Number one, they he has a relationship with the crafts. Jonathan Kraft and Josh Harris went to Harvard Business School together. They have a relationship. Their families are friends. The Crafts were among the champions of Josh Harris owning the Commanders. So 
there's that. So it would be very easy for them to back channel this. And it would be mutually beneficial for both sides, the Crafts and Harris, to to come to some sort of agreement where it you know, works out for everybody. I, the, the commanders are trying to get a new stadium, you know, most likely in Virginia. That went down the tubes with Daniel Snyder. That's a lot of the reason why he sold the team. People were not going to do business with him. They need a stadium very similar to when Jerry Jones brought in Bill Parcells to the Cowboys. You bring in that guy to generate excitement. Now, all of a sudden, the stadium becomes a little bit easier. And I think for Belichick, it's a historic franchise. It's it's a chance for him to go home again to Annapolis, which is about 45 minutes away. So for those reasons... The commanders are number one on my list right now. Number two is the Panthers. I think that Dave Tepper is a very um, impatient owner. Um, He does not like losing. He is not afraid to be brash. He has very deep pockets. He's not afraid to write a check to fire somebody, clean out the whole thing. You know, and I think that he was frustrated for a long time that they couldn't get the quarterback right. And then they think they finally got the quarterback right by trading up to number one and taking Bryce Young. And now that's not working. And Frank Reich is, you know, complaining about his media uh, meetings with Tepper, which are legendary uh, to the media. So I I could see Tepper being like, well, I this is the quarterback you guys wanted me to take. It's not working. We're one and eight. Like, all right. Fine, I got the quarterback. Now I'm going to go get the head coach, and and I think he would be open at this point, similar to when Jerry Jones brought in, you know, you know Bill Parcells to you know somewhat step aside or step out of the spotlight. Where Tepper would be, I could see if Belichick said, "I would come, but we're not meeting. Like you need to stay away, you need to stay out of the building, all that stuff." I could see Tepper being at the point where like, okay. You know, fine. And I think Tepper is also trying to do th- some things with the stadium and also um, their training facility and things like that. And number three on my list would be the Buccaneers, simply because the Glazers are star efforts. They always have been. They thought they had Bill Parcells. They thought they had Brett Favre. They got Tom Brady. Uh, Jason Light worked for Bill Belichick. For his own job preservation, I could see Light back-channeling to Bill. Why don't you come down here? The Glazers have a ton of money. I think that um, Light, he swings big, as we saw with Brady. He's not afraid to think outside the box and just say, hey, what the hell? I'm making a call. We'll see how it goes. It worked with Brady. I could see him thinking it could work with Bill Belichick. So the realistic destinations, if Orlovsky's report is correct that this is done to me those are the top three tepper would be interesting as you said belichick would have to have some kind of assurance that tepper is not going to be tepper if he's going down there and i don't know if you trust the idea that Tepper will actually there's one thing about you know talking about it it's another to, to be about it i don't know if tepper could stay away and people bring up yep. dallas like, I don't know if Belichick would want to deal with Jerry Jones. Jerry Jones wants to have a press conference after every single freaking game. He has to speak on everything on the radio about that team. Would Jerry be able to, to subjugate his ego? Find it hard to believe. It'd also be pretty funny if Belichick went down to Carolina and had to rely on another Alabama quarterback. Uh, the Buccaneers, <laughs> that'd be interesting because obviously Brady went to the Bucs. Would Belichick 
How how would those press conferences go? You know, he'd be asked about Brady a hundred <laughs> times the first week. I'm sure, Belichick would be thrilled about those questions. Uh, Chicago's interesting to me. You know, he'd have a chance, I think, to totally reset the program. He could walk into that building and be the guy, have full autonomy another, like he has in New England. It's another a great team market for a stadium. Yeah, they're looking for a stadium yeah. too. Could use a boost in that. that it's regard. a it's a great market uh, that's hungry and they have low expectations. So. Um, you know, I, I could see that work out as well. All right. If you were Bill, what, what would be your top three, Greg? Chargers, no doubt. Number one, um, you know, and, and you just, Herbert, there's a lot of talent on that defense that Staley hasn't gotten to work. And you could look at like, you know, how many games has Staley cost them? You know, the Spanoses are known for being cheap and they don't really own that stadium. They're more renters, which is never good for an owner. Uh, you know, a lot of people don't think that would that would be realistic because because the Spanoses are known for being cheap. But, you know, they could be at the point where they're just done. But they could also look at it as like we have the quarterback. We have pieces, especially on offense. I mean, it's to me, it's the most ready made position for Bill to win and win big early with Herbert. Some pieces on the offensive line, Keenan Allen, Mike Williams, other guys on offense. The defense has a ton of talent. Like I could see Bill that being his chance to to pass Don Shula the quickest, if not winning another Super Bowl title. Uh, the Commanders, you know, for a lot of the reasons, um, you know, that I said specifically going home and it being a historic franchise, uh, I think that would appeal to him. And then the Cowboys, similar to the Chargers, in that very talented, he gets to coach, you know, LT Junior. Micah Parsons. A lot of talent on that defense, a lot of talent on offense. Say what you will about the quarterback, but I could see Dak being the type of quarterback that Bill says, oh, I can definitely win with that guy. And if I can get Jerry to back off a little bit, um, to you know, to me, that's that's an opportunity where Bill could also win very quickly, if not win another championship. So, you know, you could almost boost the Cowboys up to number two on that list, but uh, those are my top three. If the wheels keep uh, falling off of McDermott there and, and uh, Buffalo, is that a, is that a spot that bill might look at with Josh Allen? Uh, yeah, I think so, but I can't see, I can't see the crafts ever allowing that, that bill's going to come in and, and play them. He's going to play them twice a year, um, you know, with Josh Allen. Uh, I don't see that happening. I agree. I think I think that's the I've I've heard people bring up Buffalo. That's why I brought them up. But I have I have a hard time believing Kraft would allow Belichick to stay in the AFC East. Uh, well, we've got a question out there about the Bills and, and and something else possibly that we want to address. But first, episode is brought to you by FanDuel exclusive wagering partner, the CLNS Media Network. New customers receive 150 bucks in bonus bets with any winning with any winning five dollar money line bet. Also, check us out over at BSA. Fifty bucks a year. Bedard, Giardi, Ags, Corrales, you know the team. Uh, they have some great, great content over there at BSJ. All right, I'll, I'll let you choose the path here, Greg. Nick just Remember froze, question of so the day, I don't know if or he's going to be back, but what's up you know, with the he bill? was telling you that this episode is brought to you by FanDuel. Uh, right now, new customers get $150 in bonus bets with any winning $5 money line bet and factor America's number one ready-to-eat meal kit. Those things are delicious. I'm telling you, they pack flavor. Oh, I think Nick might be back right now or not. He's I think we I'm lost back. him for a second. Um, oh, you're back. All right. I just <laughs> did the plug. 
All right. So BSJ member question of the day, or you want to talk about the bills? Which one? Uh, BSJ member question of the day. So I have one um, from Friars Friars. I have a inkling who this is. My guy, Charlie, who I see at Providence Friars hockey games all the time, but uh, I'm not sure if that's him. Uh, but a lot of loyal fans in Rhode Island to BSJ. And this is straight out of my BSJ member chat, which will uh, go off tomorrow. Every week you get access. Giardi does one on Mondays after games. I do it on Friday on the Patriots. You also get Haggerty on the Bruins, Corrales on the Celtics. Uh, my guy, Gethin Coolbaugh on the Red Sox. This is one of the benefits of BSJ where you guys have access to us. Ask us anything you want. So this is from Friars Friars. Greg, if you were the GM, are you getting rid of Mac after the season or letting him compete with the draft pick, assuming they take a quarterback? Okay, so this is if I am the general manager of this team, and um, that's something that nobody wants to see, uh, <laughs> I'm pretty certain. Um, if I were the GM, am I getting rid of Mac? Yeah, I am. Yeah, I am. I, you know, look, he he's tried his butt off. You know, you might not like his talent. You might not like it, his antics. Um, but the truth of the matter is the kid has worked his butt off. He's tried really hard. Three different coordinators in three different years. We all knew where this was going um, unless something strange happened. He was going to be broken like a lot of other guys. This is the same thing that like happened to Sam Darnold. And, you know, it, you know, uh, uh, Marcus Mariota in Tennessee. Like this is just any any young quarterback. It's not a winning situation. So, you know, if I'm drafting a quarterback, number one, overall, uh, I am I am trading Mac for whatever I can find, and I'm not going to drive a hard bargain on it. Um, I want him to get a fresh start before his, his career is too far gone. He's done everything they've asked him to do. So, you know, the best thing is for Mac to go somewhere, start fresh. I'm hopefully tra uh, trading him to Kyle Shanahan and the 49ers. Shanahan, who wanted to draft Mac uh, in the 2021 draft. Uh, but got overruled or talked out of it by, you know, Lynch and Peters. And I think that's that's the type of offense that Mac needs to be in and, um, you know, give him a chance to resurrect his career. And I'm taking the quarterback and I'm going to find quarterback to your backup on the market. If not, maybe, you know, eyeing drafting, a, you know, another quarterback very much later in the draft that might have a chance. Um you know, it could be Will Greer back here. It could be Malik Cunningham. But yes, if if I'm if I'm the GM and I'm drafting a quarterback in the first round in the top five, yes, I'm trading Mac Jones and giving him a fresh start and giving him a chance to have a career. He's Greg. I'm Nick. Thanks to uh, FanDuel. Thanks to Factor as well for helping sponsor this podcast. Everybody have a great weekend. We'll be back early next week to talk about, uh, I'm sure, more craziness at Foxborough. Till then, be well. Peace. FanDuel is the exclusive wagering partner of the CLNS Media Network. Right now, new customers get $150 in bonus bets with any winning $5 Moneyline bet. FanDuel, official partner of the NFL.